0: Wayfair's biggest sale of the year is here. It's Wayday. Right now, you can score up to 80% off at Wayfair. Save on sofas and cookware, dining sets and rugs and beds, wall art, bar cards, floor lamps, sailing fans, home decor, all things outdoor, and way more. All up to 80% off right now. Plus, everything ships free, and flash deals are launching all Wayday long. Don't miss Wayfair's biggest sale of the year. Shop Wayday right now, May 6th, at Wayfair.com. Wayfair, every style,
1: every home.
2: Hey, you boppers. We're here for another episode of Keep It.
1: <laughs> Is this 50s rock and roll radio? Wait, what was that even? It's from the Warriors, Lynn Thigpen. I've actually never seen that. I've never seen the Warriors. I've wow. seen Lynn Thigpen a couple of times on Carmen Sandiego, of course. Oh, like in your personal life? Right. I dr- <laughs> Yes. And in, in my CD-ROM games of the mid-90s. All right, gumshoe. Hi,
2: Louis. Ira. Hi Kara. Hello. Are you ready for another episode of Keep It?
3: I don't know. After that beginning. <laughs> <laughs> it's
2: our twenty-fifth episode. We've How we've grown. 25 Montage. 25 weeks. We can rent a car anyway.
3: And yet Ira's British accent.
2: I not even doing a British ju- I'm not even doing one this week. I promise. No
3: <laughs> British you, you promise? accent.
2: Oh, my God. No British accent, at least. What's he... Oh, Jesus. (laughs) It's going to be Dutch. (laughs) Uh, So, there are two black people here, so I guess we have to talk about the BET Awards. (laughs) I actually usually watch the BET Awards, but I was in San Francisco for Pride this weekend and did not have time to turn on the TV and see Nicki Minaj rolling across the floor.
3: I did not watch. <laughs> I, I watched the performances, did. though. I, I did, you no. Know, I went back and watched some of the performances. I'm glad Sizzle won. Um, I don't know. I was living my life. I, I, <laughs> I, I also do not feel like it was very well promoted. Like, I did not, I didn't really realize it was on. Well, I
2: hear that, like, it seems like the budget was slashed this year because a bunch of people who were slated to perform were not there.
3: Oh, I heard like Kendrick was supposed to perform. Yeah, and he didn't.
2: Uh, Donald Glover did not perform. Uh, Jamie Foxx like made him get on stage, oh, God, and it yeah. was like <laughs> Donald's song is "This Is America." Like it's a song that's hot this summer. It's weird that he would not be performing.
3: Yeah, you know I want good things for BET. I just don't feel that I can always be part of bringing them good things. I
1: will say historically that show has not only... First of all, there are enough performances to keep it interesting. And then also people are actually excited to give speeches. And we don't have award shows like that anymore. Like I would say the Tonys kind of... come. That's my woke take. The BT Awards are the Tonys of that demo.
2: (laughs) The Tonys of Negroes. You've got it. Uh well Audra McDonald goes to both. I'm kidding. Audrey McDonald has never been to a BET award.
3: <laughs> maybe uh, when private practice was at its height. Oh, that's true. Yeah, I feel yeah. like she
1: probably went. Yeah. She was probably there like in the 90s. Do you think you Kate know? Walsh went too with her or no?
3: Well, she was a she made her great turn in girls trip. That's right. She, she actually maybe deserves to be there. <laughs>
1: yeah.
2: maybe she was there this year. Yeah. Somewhere. Somewhere. Um Anyway, the BET Awards, I've actually, Big Frida and Lizzo performed the opening show. You know, they didn't put them in the actual show. And that was one of my favorites.
1: You're saying like Lizzo's the Jesse J of the BET Awards? I love Lizzo. I like her. Yeah, I like the Good As Hell song. Yeah. Yeah, come on the show, Lizzo. We'll chat. You too,
2: Big Frida. Anyway, coming up later this episode, we have Gabby Dunn, actress and comedian... You've seen her on the YouTube. I know you used to like to watch the videos on YouTube.com. <laughs> I've heard of this website. Happy 93rd birthday, <laughs> Ira. And other announcement: We now have merch. Merch. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Pretend a hip hop DJ drop um, just <laughs> happened. Like DJ. Keep it merch.
3: Boo, 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 boo.
2: (laughs) Go to store.crooked.com, and you can find a selection of three items. A salmon logo shirt, Mm -hmm. a black long sleeve shirt, and a yellow snapback hat. I picked snapback because I'm not a fan of the dad hat.
3: We may have a dad hat coming because... Iris' taste cannot dictate absolutely everything.
2: That that is that is very true. That's what I was told at Versailles when I gave them some you know some tips on redecorating. Oh. I would love a denim jacket. Says, oh, let's keep it oh, on wow. the back. Yeah, that's, mm-hmm.
3: that seems bold.
2: Yeah, um, we got to so, enter the
1: tank community too. Well,
2: you know, my birthday is July twenty eighth. So if anyone is listening and wants to, you know. Make that—that would be beautiful. I'm talking to you, Tommy, Tommy Vitor. I I heard Tommy likes
3: to bedazzle. (laughs) (laughs) I could see Tommy bedazzling. Me too. Yeah.
2: Yeah. All right. When we're back, have you heard about the red hen? (laughs) Dumb. So I'm already tired of hearing about this fucking restaurant, but over the weekend, Sarah Huckabee, Billie Jean, Jethro Sanders used her official government Twitter account to chastise a red hen, a restaurant in Virginia, for asking her to leave. Because she works for the president.
1: Now. Let me be clear. She sucks in her own right. Give yourself some credit, Sarah. Come on. Now.
2: Because of that, you've got her fucking frothy-ass followers attacking <laughs> frothy different Red Hens than the one in Virginia. <laughs> They're attacking anything with the name Red Hen uh, online. And um, now the president is even getting into it. The president of the United States is attacking a mom-and-pop restaurant in Virginia. All over this half of being asked to leave the restaurant.
3: You know... Amina, my friend Amina, our friend Amina made a great point the other day, which is that it's crazy that these people think that they're getting clean food still. Like if I work, <laughs> like if you're if you are Steven Miller and you're going to a Mexican restaurant, they're spitting in your food. There's no way they're not rubbing their food god knows where at a Mexican restaurant. Like the boldness of these people to still go out to eat. Is really saying something,
2: right? That um, that Fiord that um, yeah. works for the that like they're the, spitting in
3: your food, guys. <laughs>
2: that if you work fjord for the Trump the administration, college, they're uh,
3: probably spitting in your food.
2: Christian Nielsen, yeah. yeah, two white women names. Anyway, she went to a Mexican restaurant mm-hmm. and got chased out. Why are you eating in these places? Order from Postmates,
1: but we're coming for your Postmates too. <laughs> I'm sorry, it is also so. I mean, you basically said this, but hilarious that. They got the red hen restaurants. I mean, are they going to attack like red mango locations in New York City? They're going after Foghorn Leghorn next. No, it's please. Just,
3: and then now, Clifford the Big
1: Red Dog got slapped.
3: <laughs> now we're having this fucking inane conversation about like civility. You have dumbasses out here comparing kicking this bitch out of a restaurant to not letting black people sit at lunch counters. Sarah Huckabee Sanders is not a protected class of people. You fucking morons!
2: Yeah, thanks to Glad who Ooh, Glad deleted lost their mind. They deleted their tweet after <laughs> rightfully getting dragged, but they tweeted that Walgreens, Red Hen, and florists. Dot dot dot. Oh my! Classic jokes No business <laughs> has the right to discriminate. This is why we need federal protections. We need federal fucking protections because Sarah Huckabee Sanders can't eat.
1: I was going to say the amount of times just this weekend I've had to think about people, I've had to think about people in the Trump cabinet eating is just disturbing anyway. (laughs) I don't want to. I don't want to think about them nourishing themselves, particularly Stephen Miller, who I believe is the only living person with rigor mortis.
3: (laughs) Working for a dickhead president. Does not make you a protected class of people. And which again, nobody understands anything. Nobody understands civil rights. They think it's, they actually think like the civil in it just means like nice rights. That seems to be what everyone thinks civil rights means. Nobody knows what the fuck they're talking about. They're like bringing up Martin Luther King, like being polite, which is just like they love that one. So not surprised that that came back. But again, nobody knows what the fuck they are talking about yet again. And now we are sitting here through these stupid, op-eds about civility and letting these people eat and Donald Trump called Maxine Waters dumb and I'm so sick of nobody knowing anything.
2: He is always coming for Maxine Waters too. I wonder why. Mm, I Mm. think it's because he doesn't like people named Maxine.
3: Oh that must be it. That's
2: why he doesn't like an, watch, that's like why, why, family doesn't matters. Watch, why he doesn't watch Living Single either. But
1: it's like, uh, his obsession by the way with IQ, can I say something? I think I have a lot of friends who probably have among the higher IQs, like 99th percentile. Many of them are nerds. worthless. They are they can't do shit. Fucking nerds. They they just can memorize a train schedule really quickly. That doesn't mean they can do shit. <laughs>
2: uh also, uh, I just want to throw back to a article in the Atlantic by Van Newkirk uh, that was he, it was called sometimes there are more important goals than civility you should read it he points out the fact that whenever we have these dumbass conversations about how we need to be civil to conservatives to Trump voters you know it's usually putting a burden on people of color because it's mostly being civil to conservatives means don't call them racist mm-hmm. don't point out when they're being bigoted You know, Sarah Huckabee Sanders is a bigot. The Supreme Court, a seat of which they stole, just upheld Trump's travel ban, five to four. You know, so like these people are being assholes. You're allowed to point that out.
3: I would like all of the white ladies who go in, who I see yelling on a regular basis at Nordstrom or, you know, at at a Red Mango, perhaps, or wherever they get their smoothies. All you
2: Nordstrom Nadines out there.
3: (laughs) Use that that voice. Use that yelling to yell these awful people. Yell at them everywhere they go. Honestly, I don't want to see these people walking in any goddamn where without a crowd of white people booing and hissing at them. That is a good way to use your privilege. You're so Good at it. You guys, they love doing that. Please, I don't want these people walking around in public without like constantly being reminded how much they suck.
1: Additionally, this conversation about civility is fucking annoying because it's one, a conversation that conservatives are ordering us to have. They're pretending they're coming to the table talking to us. Why can't we just talk this out? It's like there are so many fucking actually urgent issues that you are silent on, and you are forcing us to have this conversation under the guise of we're all coming together it's like no we're not you want to dictate what we talk about and we have all these other fucking things to talk about and they know
2: that liberal news commentators are fucktards who invite people like steven miller and steve bannon and all sorts of other people who used to be or currently are in trump's orbit onto their shows you know in the quote-unquote trying to have a fair conversation right and so you're allowing these people to come in and you're just shouting about civility and arguments that have been trumped up by conservatives these aren't real arguments for us to be having Yeah.
3: one of the one of the things for me about like cable news in general that i think has been the most damaging thing that it's done is that when you present a sane person and then you present a person who is not sane or a person who does not believe that black people are equal, don't deserve to get shot by the cops or do not believe that women have a right to choose to do with their bodies. When you necessarily put them, when you put them next to each other, you are saying that they're equal. You're saying that this is a valid conversation for these two people to be having. And that's the problem. You put sane people next to these fucking monsters and we, you see that and you're like, oh, this person, if they're there having the conversation with this person, they're as legitimate as them. And you've legitimized fucking psychopaths and, and bigots and awful people and stupid people by putting Putting them next to people who actually know what they're talking about. And it's exactly why we get into situations that we're in right now.
2: And they're always arguing with those people... Uh, being like, how dare you come on my show and talk about this? You invited them on, You bitch. invited them
3: on. Stop inviting these people on. They're not legitimate people to be having these conversations with. They're not the same as actual experts and people who know what they're talking about, who you also bring on. Stop bringing these people on. You
2: Always- would have think we learned something from Hamilton Ghazi, where we spent like months arguing about the cast of Hamilton, booing Mike Pence when he walked in. This is exactly what these people want. This is just like Ivanka Trump uh, traipsing onto a jet
1: blue, uh oh, business yeah. class seat. I almost completely forgot about Hamilton Gazi. and when we treated Mike Pence like Glenn Close and Dangerously, it sounds just booing him out of the theater. What a good moment for everybody. <laughs> Second of all, I just think in general, I'm sick of, I still feel like this Democrats versus Republican thing we're doing right now, it's styled as like a crosstown rivalry between two equal sides, basically, as Kara just said, and it's just... Can, how do we restructure that? I still feel like they won the election because Trump was just like, we got to get one over these guys, you know, like these like uptight people who, you know, if, if it's socks versus Cubs, they were like the down and dirty socks And the Democrats are like the hoity-toity Cubs. Lose
3: with a sports reference. I know. I,
1: I am from sort of near a city. That's okay. as close <laughs> as I get to sports. <laughs> No, there was
2: an interesting article I reread. It was James Baldwin on being gay in America from 1984, where he talked to the Village Voice, and he was talking about a lot of the same things that we're still talking about, and the way that people who are homophobic and racist in America, the reason why they always get us having these arguments is because they get to make you feel like you are ashamed of what you are, you know? There's some sort of bad thing when being gay, you have to prove to these people that you are correct, that you have the right to be alive and be who you are. They always will win, because they're always making you have to prove yourself to them.
1: Right, you're the the aggrieved one. Yeah, Yeah,
2: you know? It's like, if we just agree that, like, nobody cares what the fuck they think, we don't have to have these dumb conversations. But instead... You get those same cable news things. You get people... Constantly creating new monsters, l- like more gremlins popping out of Tommy Laren's bleached hair, uh, <laughs> like that girl with the guns. Oh, the girl you know, with the gu- like
3: Who the, found a black friend. Did you see a, that? A
2: black friend who has never been to a beauty Oof. supply shop in her life. Listen. That is the nicest thing I will say about her. She
3: looked like she was being held hostage. I don't... Listen. She looked. I mean, that looked like some sunken place shit where I was like, the, 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 the there was nothing behind the eyes.
2: Oh... <laughs> <laughs> uh, Anyway, stop creating these people. Stop retweeting them just so that you can get a joke off on Twitter. Because what you're actually doing is just giving them a platform. When we're back, Lewis's favorite topic, the Oscars. Keep It is brought to you by Barefoot Dreams. Lewis, yes. when you see Footprints in the Sand, that was when I carried you in my Barefoot Dreams robe. Now, is that a Leona Lewis song? (laughs) No? Uh, If you want to bring coziness into your life, you turn to Barefoot Dreams, especially now as the brand is celebrating their 30th anniversary.
1: And I am the coziest a human being can be. Because, by the way, it's still that time in Los Angeles where it's, like, pretty mild outside, and then your apartment is cold. I can't explain it. I don't know things like basic science. For Keep It listeners, you can get 15% off your first purchase at barefootdreams.com with the code KEEPIT15. Don't miss out on Barefoot Dreams' soft, soothing fabrics that will bring luxury to your life.
0: Hi, it's Martha Stewart. You know, I spend a lot of time thinking about dirt.
2: So it's finally happened. The Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences announced that they put 928 new members into the Academy as a big push for diversity. The new professionals were 49 percent female and 38 percent people of color.
3: What is that? Do we know what our, our now total is? So now it's like 15% women. Yes, there are now 7 women in yeah, the academy. Exactly.
2: <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Some of the names of people thrown in were expected because they are popping right now. Like Daniel Kaluuya, Tiffany Haddish, um Amelia Clark, Game of Thrones. Um, I've heard of it. Yeah, we know her name now. It's a show about women who oh, all have trauma. What was she hair. in that I she didn't know? She was in know. Solo and we oh, were, I didn't know we were that attacked was, yeah. for not knowing who it was. I don't care. Sorry. I only know her when she's Khaleesi. Andre Holland, Trevante Rhodes, Daisy Ridley,
1: another Wait, cat. Wait,
3: that that, the other white girl from the Star yes. Wars movies gets to be in the <laughs> Academy?
1: Okay. Um, Bill Bellamy was my favorite addition. Yes, and then
3: some, some old heads oh. like Bill Bellamy- Jennifer Lewis, how did it take (laughs) this goddamn long for you people to put Jennifer Lewis into the academy?
2: They put Audra McDonald and Lorenz Tate
3: into the academy. Audra McDonald (laughs) should have been there. Lorenz Tate. Tate Diggs. Oh my gosh. (laughs)
2: Why are these people not in the academy? This is what Jada Pinkett Smith was talking about. No,
1: mm-hmm. well, you know the best edition, Quivengine Wallace. I mean, that is that is a 14-year-old girl.
3: <laughs> someone An on, actual Oscar nominee, yeah. unlike a lot of these people.
1: Someone on, yeah, right.
2: Someone online was like, what does it do? Add a, a Quavenzine into it. And like someone responded to her. She has an Oscar nomination while you're busy trolling online for your (laughs) life. I'm like, okay, yes, but we know her mom's going to fill out that
1: ballot. I'm going to say, it's funny to think of her walking out of, like, uh, I don't know, the new Paul Thomas Anderson movie and being like, I thought it was tepid.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Good for Uh, you, I'm (laughs) Fill out that ballot, girl. Listen, you know these other people. You know these, like, 95-year-olds aren't looking at those ballots closely. She'll probably be paying more attention than they do.
2: Right, and people are shook. Totally. Already being like, oh, some of these people added weren't even Oscar nominees. You know why they weren't Oscar nominees? Because you had all white people deciding <laughs> who should be nominated for things. Yeah,
1: you had no framework with which to give these people nominations because nobody considered them real movies because they starred in them.
2: Okay, if Marissa Tomei has a comedy
1: Oscar, Jennifer Lewis deserves some nominations and uh, some wins okay for a minute I thought you were about to go in on a deep disc with Marissa Tomei in which case we would have brawled but uh, that's fair no, Jennifer love, Lewis I, is hilarious I, I love
2: Marissa Tomei yes, right. but you know there are plenty of people equal to her right. who are just as funny
3: also, someone like Audrey McDonald, who hasn't even had the opportunity to be in films like she should be because they don't let black women star in movies. It's like it's not just, you know, the fact of like them being nominated or not. It's also like have they even had the opportunity to be put in a position to be nominated and then to actually get put into the Academy. Wait.
2: Right. Because this happened amidst a new report from the Directors Guild that only 16 percent of films in 2017 were directed by women and only 10% of them came from filmmakers of color.
1: I will say that the amount of people added to the Academy is actually heartening. I feel like they are step by step. It's one good step, but I feel like they will keep adding at this rate, which is really exciting because, and I'm sure we've talked about it in this phrasing before, they have to correct 90 years of basically one type of person deciding what a good movie is. It is shaped our entire film history, our entire idea of what prestige is, our entire idea of what is considered general taste. And hopefully that will expand to, say, movie starring women, which I believe there are something like four or five best pictures out of 90 that just straight up star women. You know, so it's disgusting, let alone, uh, obviously, Moonlight was the first best picture with no white people in the cast. So that's also, some would say, deeply telling.
3: Were the, the directors, that was feature films? Feature films. Yeah, it's interesting, like, working in TV, it's something I've been aware of, of, like, a concerted push to have more female directors and directors of color. I don't know if that's also because of the shows that I've worked on, where those the people running them actually give a shit. The is um, um, spit-off. Bu- yeah, well, and the <laughs> show I'm on now, you know, it was created by a woman. If you can believe it, women actually hire other women. Um, don't but-
2: know how many are on Man with a Plan. I
1: mean, <laughs> who, who wants to? Gloria um, Steinem actually writes for that. No, go ahead.
3: For me, like having been working in TV right now, I'm like, it was very heartening. And then you look at film and you're like, oh, yeah, no, they still don't let anyone not name like Ava or um, Hit Me, Lewis, Homegirl with the movie with the bombs. Uh, oh, James Catherine, Cameron, Kathy
2: Bigelow. Yeah, Catherine Bigelow. Kathy yeah, Big. <laughs> What's up? Kathy Bink is actually in the studio right now. <laughs> Please stop. <laughs> there was also another push for diversity this week from Netflix, who released their New Day in Hollywood photo and video, which was a recreation of the Great Day in Harlem photo um, with the black stars and directors and writers and creators of Netflix. Upside down. We stand up on any stage and every screen. A day when black women are boldly the lead
0: character, whether inmates or scholars. We're not a genre because there's no one way to be black. We're writing while black, nuanced and complex,
2: resilient and strong. This is not a moment. This is a movement. We are strong black leads. Today is a great
1: day in Hollywood.
3: Mm-hmm. It also included my boyfriend, who doesn't know that he's my boyfriend, and I'm not going to say who his name is. And, and figure it out.
1: I'll come up. I'll I'll, rank, I'll, I'll pick ten <laughs> nominees. Yeah. Hey, yo, spike.
3: <laughs> spike Lee is not my boyfriend. Who doesn't know he's my boyfriend? Just want to be clear.
1: <laughs> that was cool for a number of reasons, but also it's the rare cool thing about something like reboots where now that they've brought that back, now no one will forget the original photo too. I mean, is Count Basie on the lips of teens these days? It doesn't seem like he is.
3: (laughs) Also, it it was a nice sort of about face for Netflix after they had to fire their like Chief Communications Officer, who just couldn't not say the N-word twice. Like, can you imagine having that job? You have one of, like, the most powerful jobs in Hollywood at Netflix, and you just can't not say it twice, and all of your shit gets fucked up? It's crazy to me.
2: I love currently earning a paycheck from Netflix, writing on one of their shows. And you know what? I'm not running around saying (laughs) nigga. I could. But I'm not. Also, do you think he used the hard
1: R?
3: I don't know, because they were very vague. <laughs> they were very vague about the, the, the context in which he used it. Um, I feel like
1: they used the word descriptive or something. Yeah,
3: they said it was just, which, when is that a descriptive <laughs> word? Um, he was
2: like, I love watching uh, She's Gotta Have It. Love how they say nigga on the show.
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> Someone was like, sir, maybe don't. And then he did it
3: again the and next week. And then he week. did it again. I know. I don't know. It's it's kind of incredible that he just like couldn't couldn't stop himself. Maybe
2: this is what the white people of Twitter mean when they're like we should be able to say the word. It's just always on their lips. <laughs> it's just like waiting, waiting to tumble but out I- with some tiger nuts, whatever they've been (laughs) chomping on lately.
3: (laughs) I gotta also say the fact that when they fire these people so quickly, you're like, oh, he's clearly said this before or something close enough where it was a problem. Like, you're probably not firing someone senior, a senior executive for this two times. I'm like, what else has he said? Because clearly he said some other shit where they were like, ah, damn. He, you know, he was being vague about it before, but then he hit us with the With the hard
1: R. There's a high chance he was an uncomfortable person, period. Yes. (laughs) I mean,
2: imagine firing people, you know, like this, though, and being transparent about it for racism anywhere else. I mean, can we send Netflix HR to the Trump White House? You know, the hard art is floating around in you those know, halls, especially since Omarosa's gone.
3: I had written something, like, it was when I was still at Jezebel about Steve Bannon, because I guess there had been some, I don't remember, like someone had said he had said it, and then it, that was proven not true. But then I was like, are we going to act like Steve Bannon hasn't said the N word this morning?
1: Right. <laughs> first like he doesn't, first, thing, first, first thing in the
3: morning, he wakes up. <laughs> are you kidding me? Like, he doesn't start his day with a series of racial slurs? Give me a goddamn break.
2: Stephen Miller calls chocolate Pop Tarts, you know. <laughs> Stop. Stop. Good Lord. Okay. <laughs> didn't finish it. I love your so you sketch can't comedy. You can't, can't attack me, Daily Caller. I didn't finish the joke.
3: <laughs> this is where we've come. This is how How did we get here? Where did we start this conversation? Uh,
2: I at just the wanted... Oscars. Yeah. <laughs> do we think that this will have any effect on. The Oscars, do we think that the strong black lead, Netflix's social account that did the recreation of the Harlem photo, is going to make other networks be like, hey, let's celebrate our black stars?
3: I mean, you're not going to be able to get that many in a photo. <laughs> <laughs>
2: That's gonna be a real, a real
3: sad day in Harlem.
2: CVS is just sending out uh, sexy photos of Shamar Moore and LL Cool J. (laughs) (laughs) That's all they have. (laughs) (laughs) When we're back, we'll be joined by
1: the incomparable Gabby Dunn. Are you new to English? It's actually incomparable. We'll be right back. (laughs)
2: And we're back with the incomparable Gabby Dunn. Earlier, the illiteracy jumped out. Lewis corrected it. She, she sure did. Jesus. All, all right. I read books. Just don't know how to pronounce
1: <laughs> the words that in them. Yeah, right. Yeah. Uh,
2: Gabby Dunn, writer, comedian, and host of Bad With Money. A podcast that also has a book coming out. Mm-hmm. Thank you for joining us.
0: Oh, thank you for having me. I'm a big fan of the show and the three of you. This is truly an honor to be nominated. <laughs> <so much.
2: laughs> uh, we're giving the award to Timothy Chalamet. I'm going to um, say that seems right. It's Amy Adams' year. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah,
0: that's fine. So
2: you're here just as we're about to talk about the the biggest feud to hit Hollywood. Ryan Mm -hmm. Murphy can't wait to write about it.
0: Don't give him that idea because he'll do it.
2: (laughs) In an interview with The Hollywood Reporter, Jimmy Fallon once again got in his feelings about that September 2016 interview he had with Donald Trump and he claimed that he felt ganged up on Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. (laughs) for tussling Trump's hair and allegedly normalizing him as a presidential candidate. Since then, Trump has responded by telling Jimmy Fallon to be a man and called him
1: whimpering on Twitter. When I saw that Trump insulted me on Twitter, I was gonna tweet back immediately, but I thought I have more important things to do. Then I thought, wait, shouldn't he have more important
4: things to do? He's the president of you, what are you doing? You're the president, why are you tweeting at me?
2: Jimmy Fallon then decided to respond by donating money (laughs) to an organization to help immigrants. And then Trump went on one of his little rally tours and started making fun of Fallon again. And also Jimmy Kimmel and other comedians. And Fallon just talked about that on his show. I want both of them to shut up.
3: Why is he still Uh talking about... This shit. This was so long ago. And to still be so upset that like you fucked up. Mm -hmm. You fucked up. What are you crying about, Jimmy Fallon?
1: Also, weirdly, it it was another like pseudo apology from him where he still to me did not grasp. How bad the normalizing was. He like, doesn't think he did anything that's wrong. That's just it. He, he doesn't needs think to he did apologize. He should He should want to apologize all the time and more often. Just keep apologizing. It's. It was so bad. It was so egregious. But the entire interview is him being like, I just didn't want to make anybody angry. It's like, who the fuck cares if you made angry, who, who you made angry? You know, I'm not thinking about that. I'm thinking about how you don't understand that you have the worst human being on the planet next to you and you did a stupid thing with him that he is now making fun of you for.
0: What, what, was the, what did Trump say at the rally?
1: We're going to have intern
2: Travis roll the clip.
0: Jimmy Fallon.
1: The guy screws up my hair. He's going back and forth. He was so disappointed to find out it was real. He couldn't believe it. Well, that's one of the great things I got. So, Jimmy Fallon apologized. He apologized for humanizing I me, mean, you, the poor guy, because now he's going to lose
0: all of us, you know? And now he's going to lose all of us.
2: He also went on to say Stephen Colbert was a lowlife, and he said that Jimmy Kimmel has no talent and that he could laugh at himself, uh-huh. uh, even though people think that he can't. But he would also never do Jimmy Fallon's show. He's <laughs> terrible, okay. but he still thinks Fallon is a nice guy who looks like a lost soul.
0: What, this is, what? Why, I just, every time this happens, like, I, I'm like, but what, you're wasting time. Like, what does a president do exactly? Like, what is his schedule that he has time to, like, be upset at, at like, famous people Well, still? as you know,
1: he's an athlete, and he golfs, <laughs> and he has a big future ahead of him. And... I just
0: don't, like, it's this thing of, like, you. you are the top person in the world. Why, why waste time?
3: I'm also mad at Jimmy Fallon for. First of all, you didn't need this sad sack fucking Hollywood Reporter article. We did not need that interview. Yeah, nothing was learned from it. It was a waste of everyone's time. What you should have just done was donated the money and kept your goddamn mouth shut yes, no and comment. shown that you actually recognize that you did bring a monster onto your show and just like mess up his hair and laugh at him and giggle like this was just like a fun guest that you have. Actually, show which again is the problem always. With these dudes, nobody does any work to show that they've learned their lesson when they've done something wrong. Yeah. Like, it's not just these stupid apologies that don't really mean anything anyway. The only real apology is change behavior. Donate the money, be different, be better, and then don't give him an opportunity to bring up this bullshit again at rallies.
0: Be yeah, it's best. a waste of time. Be, be oh, best. <laughs> Fallon did
2: not donate to the Refugee and Immigrant Center for Education and Legal Services on. His own. He did. It was in response. Yeah. It was in response to Trump attacking him for something that he brought up again. In the first place, Trump wasn't thinking about you. You cut your arm and jumped in the water when you know that there are sharks at the fucking beach.
3: He doesn't seem to understand that this is why people haven't forgiven him yet. This is why people are still mad at you because these things don't feel genuine when you're only donating money in response to Donald Trump. That doesn't feel like an apology. And so people are still going to be mad at you. And you think you're going to do another interview and you're going to talk about it again. And we're going to do this shit over and over again. And you
2: think going on SNL and being in cold opens and making fun of Trump now is going to make us forget that you were... Well, all SNL, too to have a Yes, they did the same thing. They so. did the
0: same thing. So
2: and SNL ain't like, apologized either. Right? Exactly. No they, sure no.
0: they did the same exact thing. I mean, I, like, I just he he did the thing in the interview where he was like, "Well, I messed up Hillary's hair too," which oh, also God. right made me be like, "Okay, but so I, I just."
3: that feels like you don't understand what we're you talking know, that about. That was the
0: line that made me go, you don't understand. You have
3: no clue what we're talking about. If your yeah. response is, I messed up Hillary's hair also.
1: Also, well, by what? The, the deal is now he wants to be bland. It's not just that he wants to appeal to everybody. It's that he doesn't want to be controversial period. Right. And that is basically impossible to do. Right. And I say that sympathetically to his detractors because it's, this is basically just irrelevant entertainment that he's trying to dress up in niceties. Mm-hmm. And it's just there's no time for that. What it did, doesn't work.
0: What did Trump mean when he's like, well, now he's lost us, too. We're all alt-right People really into Jimmy Fallon. <laughs> like, yeah. what do you mean? They're like,
3: big fans of the roots.
0: You don't yeah. know, yeah. Like, what, like when he was like, oh, now he now we're not going to watch his show. Were you watching his show? People at a Trump rally? I don't think so. What I find weird is the extent to which
3: people don't look at the times that we're living in now as like, this is going to be history. Correct. And people are going to remember you a certain way. Like, this is going to look so bad. It looks like those awful white people who were standing outside schools screaming at Ruby Bridges. Mm-hmm. You were you going to look like that. You look bad. And to not recognize that these are like extraordinary times, this shit is fucking crazy, and that people are going to look back at how you behaved during this time and judge you by it. It's so odd to me that people don't see this that way. Because you're going
0: to have to explain to your kids what you were doing during gonna this time. You're going to have to time. explain to a lot of people. Exactly. Yeah, I think also, about that. Also,
3: we are spending
2: far too much time in the media focusing on these fucking rallies, too. Just even talking about, oh, this happened at a rally made me remember the fact that Trump is the fucking president and is still going on a campaign tour. (laughs) Why is he at a rally every fucking night? Why do we keep Recording it, why do we keep reporting on everything he says at Nobody these rallies airs it but
0: Fox, though? Wasn't there a whole thing that like nobody's airing the rallies but Fox anymore?
2: They still keep writing about them everywhere, whenever he yeah. says something. Like they talked about the fact that he was congratulating David Lynch oh, God. <laughs> because God. David that Lynch hurts. did an
3: interview. That one hurts me. Did it personally? Yeah, are you yeah. a big David Lynch fan?
0: Yeah, and that it was painful, but I think that interview was look, guys. <laughs> no, 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 was it conc- was taken out of context. <laughs> okay, he—that's not. And also, that means like I was like, how dumb is Trump that he didn't realize that that it wasn't a compliment to him? Really, what Lynch was saying, it was—it was a basic, it was a basic opinion. But it wasn't like uh, he misunderstood the whole. Yeah, like, I mean, it was sur-
2: it was Sarandon-esque in yeah. the all point of Correct. you know we all know that Lynch is a
1: libertarian. Yeah,
2: and you know he's doing his whole you know. We're shaking up the system thing. Right.
1: Um, also, by the way, this just comes to show that like Trump will take any compliment. Because you're telling me this bastard is sitting down to watch Mulholland Drive. No, he's not. He Excuse doesn't me. know shit about this is David not Lynch. A, I know what a Naomi Watts fan looks like, and it is not <laughs> Donald Trump. Anyone who vaguely says that they may
2: sort of think Trump isn't an inhuman monster, right. he will go on to one of his rallies and be like, And we love this person over here. Lynch is his new fucking Roseanne.
0: It's also not the time to say that, David Lynch. Like, mm, zip it. Zip it. And who asked him? Who asked him? Why? Stop. As I said last week,
3: and I feel I'll have to repeat this every day (laughs) until I die. It's fine to just say nothing. I know. I think almost every interview that's ever been done, I'm like, just uh, say nothing. Most people shouldn't be talking. I'm going to say that. I'm going to say most people probably should not be talking. And
1: even, by the way, if you were asked a question about it, scurry right
3: on out. Don't have to answer, guys. You know
2: the media is thirsty for anybody to give them a headline that says, What they think about Trump. Whether you like him or you hate him. He
0: learned nothing from Shania
3: (laughs) Twain. Come on. Oh, I forgot about Shania. Uh, That one hurts as well. That's right.
1: No, as as somebody (laughs) who owns a cheetah cat suit, I was deeply, deeply upset by that. Brutal.
0: David Lynch, stop. Don't do it.
1: So, Gabby, Mm. before you go, why don't you tell
2: us a bit about bad with money?
0: Oh, sure. Bad With Money is a podcast that I started about finances and feelings. It's on season three, and it's basically started because I would cry about money all the time, but I had no one to talk to about it because I felt like nobody talks about money. And like one of the the first episode of the show we did, I like went on a man on the street and I said to people, uh, I'm going to ask you two questions. One, what's your favorite sex position? And everybody was just like happy to tell me. And then I was like, how much money is in your bank account? And everyone was like, that's so rude. And I was like, yes, that's exactly the point. So the show's kind of become like this exploration of like, why don't we talk about money? Why is it so taboo? And then what systems are in place? Basically, it's become more and more political as the seasons have gone on. Like what systems are in place that are keeping us in our status quo and like why, you know, why well you and I you... both used to
2: work at Buzzfeed yep. mm-hmm. and you know, I remember starting out there as a staff writer mm-hmm. um, briefly. Some of us talked about how much we were making because we were making so little so and little. wanted to ask for raises. And I remember being chastised by, hr and an Mm -hmm. editor for even discussing how much people made
0: right exactly it's like these companies too like they pay you so little for the privilege of working for them and it's supposed to sort of be like well we're paying you an exposure but we did like multiple episodes on it exposure is not gonna pay your rent or buy you dinner so it's i mean we've kind of gone into like the the way that the healthcare system is broken, the way that like you know millennials and the workforce is broken, and it started with me talking to people and being like, why I don't understand, like how do you make money, especially on L.A. Mm-hmm. I feel like you don't mm-hmm. know how anybody is living,
2: and yet totally always yeah. giving media articles and um, pushes about oh this celebrity or this woman like challenged the status quo and is demanding you know <laughs> her worth, you yeah. know, and yet we don't. Talk about. Nobody how talks about You're not it. paying the people at your company, though.
0: And you feel, but also you like feel like shit. Can I say that? Yeah. You feel like shit because, do you know, Ali Vingiano? She had like an amazing tweet where it was like this top 25 indie filmmakers under 25 who are like making movies. And Ali was like, this article should legally have to say how much money their parents gave them.
3: Totally. Because, <laughs> and because you feel
0: like, gar- I felt like garbage all the time. And then I, it like clicked for me where I was like, oh, Everybody's lying. Everybody's mm-hmm. lying to you all the time, especially about, I mean, especially about money. All the narratives that we have about money and, like, the way that HR was, like, don't, you know, I, when I was working there, I got, like, chastised, too, because they were, like, you know, we're giving you this audience and it's, like, kind of. Like, rude. Like, it's it's not even with the other people that are working here. Mm-hmm.
1: The Ariana Huffington stance. Yes. <laughs>
0: what, what is her stance?
1: Well, just the Huffington Post. Like, isn't it nice enough that you get to write in this blog, which, right. which has a big green font at the top? <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah. So, I mean, I think the ways that we – I think the shame that we have is so internalized about it, and it should be external. We should be – we shouldn't be ashamed about making little money for working at a multi-bajillion dollar company. We should be mad. We should be mad and outward towards the company. But I think people, like, really internalize – even, like, the whole American dream narrative of, like, pull yourself up by your bootstraps. That's why all these – Poor white people are like idolizing this, bil- you know, this billionaire running for president. I think, I mean, other than racism, but they think that they're this way because of some failing moral failing or intellectual failing of their own. And if they, and like, it's this whole individualized American dream thing that is keeping us at this, keeping us as like, you know, this lower class and the upper class is just like, we tricked them. Into into doing things against their own benefit, you know. When is the book out? The book is out um, in January, and it's also called Bad with Money, and it's like a deeper exploration of the stuff on the on the show, and also like memoir esque too.
2: Are there pictures and pop outs?
0: Oh, uh, should there be?
2: I don't know. This is the only yes. thing that I can read. <laughs> <laughs> I can't pronounce <laughs> words over here.
0: <laughs> you can read, you just can't say like how when people say subtle.
2: You know, yeah. you're
0: well say read. That? Yeah, you, you're well read. You've just never said the words out loud. Right,
2: right, well, right. Just Call me Eliza Doolittle because I need to work on my elocution.
3: Oh, I oh. thought we weren't doing the accent this episode. I didn't do an accent. I
1: was
2: just pronouncing elocution. Okay.
1: We hate being lied to. Okay. So. Hello. No. Oh, there it is. <laughs> wow,
2: thank you for joining us today, Gabby. Oh, well, thank you for dance. having
3: me. Oh, look, a, a, a normal sounding. <laughs> oh,
1: yeah. Oh, from this planet, an yeah. accent? Okay. <laughs>
4: Auto Trader. Wayfair's biggest sale of the year is here. It's Wayday. Right now, you can score up to 80% off at
0: Wayfair. Save on sofas and cookware, dining sets, and rugs and beds. Wall art, bar cards, floor lamps, sailing fans, home decor, all things outdoor, and way more. All up to 80% off right now. Plus, everything ships free. And flash deals are launching all Wayday long. Don't miss Wayfair's biggest sale of the year. Shop Wayday right now for May 6th at Wayfair.com
4: style, every home.
2: We've been having people ask for book recommendations online, so we're going to start our own little, you know, informal book club here at Keep It. Hey, Kara. Hi, Ira. What have you been reading lately?
3: <sighs> Guys, I just read this book called Bad Blood. And it is wild and everyone should read it mostly because I want everyone to talk to me about this book. It's about this psychopath named Elizabeth Holmes who started this company called Theranos. This woman. Yes, this woman. And it was a startup that claimed to have had like what would have been like the medical breakthrough of the century um, where they could test blood with just your fingertip. And like the long story short is that she basically like conned hundreds of millions of dollars out of investors. Mostly, I got a note, old white dudes who like were charmed by this, this blonde girl and just gave her hundreds of millions of dollars. And just like, they didn't, they were making shit up the whole time. Like they did not have the technology that they said they had. They had contracts with Walgreens and Safeway and they're like, sure, we're going to roll out and test people's blood for shit like cancer when they couldn't do it. And it's crazy. And the book is so well-written It's written by um, John Kerry Rue, and he's a journalist at the Wall Street Journal, and he was the person who originally broke the story, and I cannot recommend this book enough.
1: I'm glad there's an entire book about this. I've read articles about it, because I still don't understand how it's possible. Oh,
3: you gotta—it's possible in part because she had—once she had this board of people, she had of like— Former sec- Like Henry Kissinger was right. on the board. It's- Why anyone thinks Henry Kissinger knows shit about a, a medical device startup, I don't know. Um, but she, if you, you, the book really does a really great job of just laying it all out. It was a lot of like they kept people very secret. Um, she fired people constantly. I think she was actually pretty charming. Um, her second-in-command, who was also her boyfriend – who was like 20 years older than her, which they did not disclose to the board of directors. Um, He was really instrumental in just like pushing all this through. The book is called Bad Blood. It is so good. Everyone read it.
1: She also herself was styled like an heir to someone like Tim Cook. Like she had a distinctive look. She's she's very
3: specific. There's a lot in the book about this. She very specifically was modeling herself after Steve Jobs.
1: Steve Jobs, yes. um, And
3: had like an obsession with Steve Jobs. Um, So it's like a deep
2: narcissist thing too. He was a scammer too.
3: No comment.
2: And I can't recommend enough No Ashes in the Fire, a new book by Darnell L. Moore. I've been trying to read more books by black gay men in my life just because I feel like a lot of the books I read are by white gays. And, you know, I want to get more of a full experience than just what's going on in my life. And the book is kind of dark. It starts out talking about how two kids in his neighborhood tried to set him on fire, for being gay, which also recently Asia O'Hara, a drag queen who's currently on RuPaul's Drag Race, started talking about how people had threatened to do that to him, you know, as a youth too. And I didn't realize that this was such a common thing. Is this a memoir? Yeah, it's a memoir. Okay. Um, and I didn't realize that this was such just a common thing that happens with people threatening to set uh, gay kids on fire
1: let me add also that Asia O'Hara was fire on RuPaul's Drag Race last week She was.
2: anyway Darnell is great and we follow each other on Twitter and I like him Um, so I think that people should check out the book it's a memoir it's about you know um, being black in America too not just the gay stuff so if you want to read that go ahead and do it And now, for our best segment, as voted by 8 out of 10 doctors, let's keep it. Oh, goodness. Kara. Yeah? What are you upset about this week?
3: I mean, it's hard to even... Upset is maybe the wrong word, because it's hard to care about this individual anymore. Kanye West... Now, who? Gave it, yeah, right?
2: I think I've heard of him.
3: He's He's a... You might know him. He gave an interview that I didn't read the whole thing because I have better things to do with my life um, to the New York Times. And the point I want to focus on is where he claims that he never said that slavery was a choice. What he thinks he said was that it sounds like a choice as if there is any practical fucking difference between those two thoughts. Kanye, it was recorded, you dumbass. We can hear what you said. Uh, You said slavery was a choice. Uh, You said it sounds like that was a choice, but not in the way of like, hmm, that sounds like it. It's the sounds of like, oh, yes, that absolutely sounds like that was a choice. That is the way you said it. Slavery
2: Um, sounds like the French word for choice.
3: (laughs) (laughs) This bullshit backtracking is not going to work. I see you. And it was, again, recorded on video, And we heard what you said. Now that the
2: album's dropped and the controversy has blown over and Trump's not talking about him anymore, giving him free press, let me walk back Mm -hmm. those comments. Mm -hmm. You notice he never walked back the Bill Cosby innocent comment. Which
3: was so long ago, which is the one that I had. I would bring, I brought that up before all of this ridiculous Donald Trump bullshit started. I was like, does no one remember when he tweeted Bill Cosby is innocent, but no one cares about women. So that is why everyone forgot.
1: Um, they also had Kanye West recently on Celebrity Family Feud against the Jenner family, like Kanye's family versus her family. I have never watched something less. I was so they, not there. They
3: recorded that like maybe six months ago. Oh, they yeah. recorded that forever ago. And again, these people, guys, again, this media literacy shit, it's not a coincidence that this stuff is just coming out now. This is not a coincidence that Kim Kardashian did what she did just now. This is not a coincidence.
1: Louis. Well, Pride Month is concluding, um, and so I would like to throw in some cynicism before the month shuts up completely and corporations stop talking to us. Well, I'll push through with it. Here we go. The phrase, love is love, I just feel like that's something you say after watching two monkeys throw shit at each other. You're like, it's disgusting, but it counts. Love is love. I just think it's the most begrudging, <laughs> teeth gnashed thing to say about queer love. It's just, how about we're not disgusting? How about just be like, queer people are great? How about, how about not... Like love is love is like
2: that on a Starbucks cup.
1: Exactly, love is love is the it is what it is of gay phrases. Shit that means nothing that we're supposed to be empowered by or find sassy or find um, interesting, find provocative. And I mostly think it is meaningless.
3: There's a lot of protest signs. You're gonna have to go out there and uh,
1: smack on top and
3: and,
2: and, and break in half. (laughs) Yeah, you gonna pay for this tattoo removal, Louis? (laughs) Because I have love is love. All across my back.
1: I only accept the phrases like love is love if it's like the album title of like like a gospel album by Michelle Williams, that Michelle Williams. I don't accept that. Okay, well, I do, unfortunately.
2: <laughs> All right. why keep it. Someone else we're tired of talking about. Who is it? Ira? Ro- <laughs> I'm being so funny. Lewis is <laughs> Lewis is hot today. Lewis she's is, got all her moves. Lewis is tap dancing all over the studio. A little. The floor is lighting up underneath. A uh, regular Looney Tunes so over I th- here. I think
3: the shirt is half a size bigger, so the blood is coursing <laughs> through right. his veins just a little bit more.
2: I am tired of hearing from this fucking Roseanne. <laughs> she gave another interview now where she's talking about how hard it was, how lost, you know, she was, Mm. you know, losing her show. Who cares? Who cares? I'm tired of talking about Roseanne. I'm tired of hearing about the Connors, this fucking spinoff that they're trying to do. I hope it flops. Weren't people tuning in because they love Roseanne anyway? Like, are these alt-right people going to tune in now that they stripped away their racist iPhone light?
3: Also, she... She was like, oh, I feel bad about those tweets. What about the years of vile shit you have been tweeting? You have been saying horrible things. Does no one remember that video of her dressed like fucking Hitler putting little people cookies into an oven? Like, my God, she has been doing vile, awful, disgusting shit for years. And it's like, what are you sorry for, girl? You're sorry for the one tweet that got your ass fired and cost you millions of dollars. You're not sorry for all... All of the other awful things you have been saying. And
1: by the way, not I mean, she has said, of course, tons of vile things herself. The amount of like people who are crazy, crazy, live on the fringes, people she's like retweeted into the mainstream is also disgusting. She's done so much to normalize the worst voices on the Internet, which is the worst place to have a voice, period. So wildly shitty. Can we talk about like
2: less offensive TV people. I mean, Brett shit. Butler, come
1: back. Yes. You know,
2: I'm tired of hearing about Roseanne. Isn't there a Murphy Brown reboot coming? Please. Where's Candace? Can somebody interview her? I call her
1: Candy. <laughs> shit. Like friends.
2: Bring back my name is Earl. I don't know. <laughs> Something. Well, that's our show this week. Thanks for tuning in for 25 weeks of Keep It.
1: By the Merch.
4: Look around. You can find cars like these on Auto Trader, like that car riding right your tail. Or if you're tailgating right now, all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on Auto Trader too. Are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time? Well, multitasking pro. Cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on Auto Trader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader.
3: The living room is where you make life's most beautiful memories